Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Sun Ho. I promise you I won't preach long. But I need your undivided attention. Earlier, Pastor Zhuang asked, what is the theme of this year Emerge? But most of you were making your way back. He thought that you can multitask. Unfortunately, there wasn't much passion in what you responded to him. So I want some shout from this place. Please tell me what is the theme of this year Emerge? One more time. What is the theme? Passion. Passion. You can never say that word without passion. For over a month, I've been pondering on the word passion. I've been thinking about it, praying over it. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word passion as a strong and barely controllable emotion. I believe that when Pastor Tong and the rest of the leaders, when they prayed and asked God for a theme for this year emerge, and when God told them passion, I'm very sure that they got really excited in their heart because I know for Pastor Tong and the leaders, they really wanted the youth in City Harvest Church to rise up with a strong and barely controllable emotion towards God towards His house, towards His people. But as I looked on in the Oxford Dictionary, there's a second definition to the word passion. The word passion, it's also defined as the suffering and the death of Jesus. Passion it defines as the suffering and death of Jesus. I know that when we think about passion, when we talk about passion, most of us, we don't really think about the suffering or the death of Jesus. But the Latin root word tells us that passion really talks about the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to talk to you about this afternoon, this evening. Please turn with me to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Luke talked about what happened after the crucifixion, before Jesus was taken up into heaven. Please look with me at verse 1. It says, The former three, uh, treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, has given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Watch this, verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after what? After what? His passion. His passion. City Harvest Church, what is it about the cross? 
that when we see it, we see pain. But when Jesus sees it, he sees passion. What is it about the cross that when we see it, we see pain, but when Jesus sees it, he sees passion. This evening, I want to talk to you about the cross, the place of his passion. Shall we pray? Father, I know that you are already here. Your presence and your glory, your love overwhelmed us. I pray, O oh God, that you give me the words, the ability to express, O oh God, all that you want me to speak to your people. That truly, God, we pray. We pray, O oh God, that everyone that come to this place tonight will encounter you in a way that they know, that they know, that they are met with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the lover of their soul. So anoint the preaching of the word, I pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, when I think about the cross, I think about the pain, the agony, the torture, the beating of the flesh, the ripping off of his privacy. I think about the raw nudity of the cross. My friends, do you know that there was no loincloth recorded in the scriptures? So most likely when Jesus was hung on that cross, he was hung naked with nothing to cover him except the blood from the beating of his brow and his back. One historian said that his entrails were hanging out. Isaiah said that there was no beauty about him that we should desire him. Friends, the cross was a hideous place. I know that many of us, sometimes we see pictures of Jesus with his arms stretched out from some pictures looking so calm and collected, sometimes even with some nice dripping of blood. But my friends, can I say to you this evening, that is not the cross. If you this evening when you go home would take some time to Google the crucifixion, I promise you what you are about to read will appall you. To me, the cross will look more like a butcher's block with torn flesh, part of his body ripped apart. The Bible says, until he was hardly recognizable. Yet Jesus caused the cross, along with all this pain, the place of his passion. My friend, what is the correlation between passion and pain that is so hopelessly intertwined together? What is the correlation between passion and pain that is so hopelessly intertwined together? Unless you have loved enough to discover the pain of passion, you're going to miss everything that I've come here to share with you this evening. No, I'm not just talking about lovers. I'm not just talking about husbands and wives. I'm talking about a child. I'm talking about a parent. I'm talking about a friend. I'm talking about all of us that have loved. The pain of how it hurts sometimes to be trapped in love. How you tell yourself that I'm not going to feel this way 
ever again. I'm not going to make you make me or allow you to make me feel like a fool ever again. But yet, you do it again and again. You love again and again. You never stop. In my years of ministry and counseling, I have met with a lot of people that I experienced the pain of passion. I remember one day, a young girl came to my office, and she said to me, son, I really love my dad, but I'm really struggling to respect him because my phone won't stop ringing every time when he's drunk. The bartender will call me and ask me to pick him up. And every time when I'm there, looking at him, and what a fool did he make himself out of. And how he flirted with those ladies at the bar. Son, I can't. It hurts. I love him. But I don't know how to respect him. The pain of passion. I talked to a mother to say to me, Son, I love my daughter. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I have done something very wrong. I don't know what I've done wrong. I tried to engage her, but she wouldn't talk to me. She wouldn't listen to me. And she's always running away from home. The only time she comes home is to steal from me so that she can run away again. I don't know what to do. The pain of passion. I remember one evening, I was at a restaurant, sitting across the table with a gentleman, really a member of our church. And he looked at me so desperate and said, son, I love my wife. She told me that I didn't earn enough to support her. So I work hard. I work really hard every night. I work hard so that I can buy the things that she wants. But she just told me that she wants to leave me. She wants to be with someone else that can spend more time with her. What did I do wrong? How can I get her back? I love her. I don't want to let her go. The pain of passion. My friends, the pain of love, the pain of loving another person. Love hurts. Don't you ever let anyone tell you that love doesn't hurt. It hurts to love. It hurts to invest into somebody's life. It hurts to be vulnerable. It hurts to be so open sometimes. And the Word of God says it so well. Love suffers long. Love does not seek its own Bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. My friend, if love doesn't hurt, what does the Word of God tell us? That love suffers long. And it endures all things. Love really makes you give me your jacket and sitting in that movie theater freezing to death. Love makes you love people who loves the person you love. Love makes you fight people who fight the person you love. Love makes you get into quarrels with people because you just have to defend the person that you love. 
When I talk about human love, you get a glimpse of what I'm talking about. When I talk about maternal love, you get a glimpse of what I'm trying to say. But yet, when I talk about the love of God, when I talk about the agape, when I talk about the divine love of God, it is so hard for us to grasp because we just have nothing to compare it with. Ephesians chapter 3, please look with me. Paul says in verse 18 that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul says, I want you to know the width the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God. In fact, I really want you to know this love that passes knowledge. What is Paul saying, my friend? Paul is saying that I want you to know something that is unknowable, that passes knowledge. Paul is saying that even though you can't know it up here, yet you can sense it like this evening. You can experience it. You can have a revelation of it. My friend, tonight, if you can sense it, tonight, if you can have a revelation of that love of Jesus Christ, if you can experience that love, it will heal every aching part in your soul. Paul says, that it will fill you with the fullness of God. Young people, passion is not built on the joy of serving. Can I say it again? Passion is not built on the joy of serving. Passion is not even built on the fascination of seeing God's power. Passion is built on Jesus. Passion is built on His love for you. That's passion. That's passion. It is built on His love for you. When we look at the cross, we see pain. But when He looks at the cross, He sees passion. I pray young people, older people, City Harvest Church, that we will go beyond the joy of serving that we will go even beyond the fascination of seeing His power and His glory, that we will come into the intimacy of experiencing His love. Because when you experience that love, your life will never be the same again. Tonight, you hear all the testimonies, you see all the lives of these young people testifying of how God has changed them. It is because at one time, that love encountered them. I shared with you a couple of months ago that God literally rescued me from killing myself because I was battling with severe depression for so many years due to the sexual abuse that I went through when I was six. And I remember that after going to cell group a few times, 
I still couldn't come into the presence of God. Every time during altar call, I would cry because I feel so shameful about my life and I feel so guilty of what I have done. One afternoon, I get all the courage that I have and I went to pastor, Pastor Kong. At the time, we all call him Brother Kong. And I said, Brother Kong, can you please tell me how I can love God? Teach me how to love God. That afternoon, I was so excited, nervous, but excited because I know I'm going to receive a revelation. Brother Collins is going to teach me how to love God, how to love Him more. And he looked at me and he said, when you go home, go to your room, close the door, get on your knees and tell Jesus, Jesus, I want to love you. I stood there, like now, and I waited. Revelation, please. He looked at me real serious, and I'm like, that's it? That's it? Honestly, that afternoon, I felt really offended. I'm thinking, Brother Kong, if you have no time to talk to me, it's fine, you know? Like, please. And I went home that night. I did it anyway. I went to my room. I closed the door. I get on my knees. I close my eyes. And I prayed, Jesus, I want to love you. I felt really awkward in the beginning. But I just closed my eyes. And I said, Jesus, I want to love you. Jesus, teach me to love you. I want to love you more, God. I want to love you. I want to love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And suddenly, wave and wave of the love of God came into the room. There was just him and me. By now I was sobbing. I have no words to say. But I could feel the love of Jesus melting away all my shame and guilt. And then I heard the voice of God. He said to me, off the music. Just sing, son. Just sing. Just sing to me. I will teach you how to worship me. And that day, I don't know how long I was in that room. I lost track of time. I don't know how long I prayed. I don't know how long I worshiped. But Jesus became the music of my heart. Until today, I never need music to worship God because He is the music of my heart. All I need to do, help me now, City Harvest, I need to go into my room, close the door, get on my knees, 
close my eyes and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And my heart will follow holy I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And my heart will follow holy to you. You see, you don't need music. You just need him. Why don't we give Jesus another big hand? <laughs> Young people, above all things, I pray that you will encounter God, that you will experience this love that will transform your life forever. Because that's what that will ignite that passion in you. You want passion? It is not built on serving God. You want passion? It is not built on the fascination of seeing His power. It is built on Jesus, encountering Him and experience His love. I want to share with you a heart-wrenching love story from the Word of God. And from there, I want you to see how much God loves us, how much God loves you. Please turn with me to Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. The Word of God tells us that Hosea, a nice little Jewish prophet, who has kept himself untainted from the world, one day God visited him. And God spoke to him and said, Hosea, I want you to get my passion. I want you to know what it's like for me to love Israel and to love my people. You can imagine Hosea saying to God, yes, God, speak to me, encounter me, reveal to me. I'm your prophet. I'm your servant. I'm born for such a time as this. And then God said, Go marry yourself a prostitute. Go marry yourself a harlot. You can imagine the shock on Hosea's face. Honestly, it would have been difficult. It would have been hard. It would have been harsh for God to ask him to marry a prostitute. But God didn't stop there. Hosea chapter 3, it tells us that God asked him to love her. God said, I don't just want you to marry her. I want you to love her. I want you to fall in love with her. So it's not just about marrying, signing a certificate and coming to me and telling me, okay, God, I've obeyed you. I married her already. Please tell me 
what do you want me to learn from this lesson, huh? No. God say, I want you to love her. I want you to fall in love with her. I want you to love a person that's always looking the other direction. Hosea goes out, the Bible says. He stands at the corner of the red light district. He looks, he waits, and he waits. He sees Goma, and he loves her. He thought to himself, if I love her, if I treat her better than she has ever been treated, surely she will love me back. The Bible says that he bought her. He paid for her. He brought her back to his house, took care of her, cherished her. He gave her everything that she would have to work to get. But yet, the Word of God says, Hosea couldn't change her mentality. Hosea couldn't change Goma's mentality. She kept slipping out. She kept doing what she was, a prostitute. After the first child, she started running away. First, she disappeared for a night, and then two nights, and then three. She came back pregnant with the second child, and then the third. Hosea was so convinced that these children were not his. My friends, what is God trying to show us from the relationship between Hosea and his prostitute wife, Gomer? What is he trying to tell us? God is saying that I am to you what the prophet is, and you are to me what the prostitute is. To you, it's just a transaction, but to me, it's a love relationship. Isn't it so true, City Harvest Church? So many of us, we come to Jesus. It's all about a transaction. What can you do for me, God? We get upset when we pray and our prayer didn't get answered. We get upset when we didn't get a promotion. We get upset if we didn't get healed immediately. It's always a transaction. It's only a transaction. But God say to you, it's a transaction. But to me, it is a love relationship. You would think that Hosea would stop loving Goma, especially if you know the story. The Bible says that she went down so low from a harlot, a prostitute, she went down all the way to be a slave. And he went out looking for her, searches for her, and couldn't find her. Hosea, imagine Hosea running into the street and say, have you seen Goma? She has not come home. I searched everywhere and I couldn't find her. Have you seen Goma? If you have seen her, can you please tell her to come home? Tell her that her husband is looking for her. Hosea one day happened to go down to the market. Once again looking for Goma. And there he saw her. And he said, no. No, no, Goma. Here she was, standing, stuck naked on the slave table. And a man walking around, just looking at her, up and down, up and down. Anybody else would have said, you know what? I think this is enough. God, I think, 
I have tried my best to love her. I think this is too much for me to take. God, I'm sorry, but I think I want to give up now. But no, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that Hosea shouted, please, please, don't sell her. Don't sell her. I love her. Please, not this one. She's mine. I'll take her. I'll take her. I'll pay. I'll pay. Take this. Take this. Take this. Listen, people. He's the prophet. To him we are the prostitute, always running away with nothing to cover ourselves. He looked at her and said, Goma, so dirty. Nothing to cover yourself. Please, Goma, please look at her clothes. What you say about her? But she's beautiful to me. She's beautiful to me. I got you. I got you. She's beautiful. You can't have her. She's not like the rest. I don't know what you're going to do with the rest. But she's mine. This one's mine. She's chosen. I have chosen her. She's my wife. You can't have this one. I know. I know. She's done something. This one. I know. She's messed up. But I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about the other boys. I love her. She's beautiful to me. I have chosen her. She's mine. Friends, you see, to us, the cross, it's about pain. But to Jesus, the cross, it's about passion. cross is about a God who has everything falling in love with the soul that has nothing no dignity no values, no moral no class
tonight, He's calling out. If you've never been into anything bad, you won't get what I've been saying. But if you've ever been into some mess, my friend, then tonight, God is saying, I still love you. I'll cover you with my righteousness. I'll fill you. I'll protect you. I'll restore you from what he has taken from you, from what she has stripped away from you. I will give you back your dignity. I will give you my name. In fact, like Hosea in chapter 2, he says, please, don't call me your master. Call me your husband. I'm your husband. I love you. You are beautiful to me. You know, we know so little about God's love. This evening, I know He's here. I feel Him. Can you please just stand on your feet with me for a while? Just close your eyes, please, church. He's here. He's here. Please, no one move around, please. This is a very important moment because God is about to touch so many of you. Just stay put at where you're at. God is saying, I smell another man's sin on you. And I still love you. I know about your abortions, but I still love you. I know about the gender struggle, but I still love you. I know about how you cheated, but I still love you. I love you when you were cutting yourself. I love you through all your diseases. I love you through all your mistakes. I love you. My friends, that's why they hung him high and they stretched him wide. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. For the chastisement for our peace was upon him. He was beaten so that you can sleep at night. The chastisement for your peace was upon him. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. He wants to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And tonight, you don't have to struggle another night because the chastisement for your peace was upon him. They beat him so that you can live with your unlivable past. He was beaten on night smile again. Jesus is here, my friend. And He wants you to know His love. And tonight, like Paul would say, if we can experience the width, the length, and the depth, and the height of His love, if we can sense it, if we can encounter it, if we can experience it, if we can have a, a revelation of Then perhaps for some of us, 
we won't fool around so much. Perhaps for some of us, we won't feel so empty inside. Always struggling with that void in your heart. If you will have a revelation of His love, my friend, Perhaps you will not struggle so hard in life, clinging on to things and people as if you cannot live without them. How many garments do we have here in this hall? The God who knows your deepest and darkest secret is saying, You are beautiful. to tonight but I know the lover of your soul from the old rugged cross he's saying to you I love you still you are beautiful to me I have chosen you friends this is as close as I can bring you the rest is really up to you You are the reason for His passion. You are the object of His passion. With eyes closed and head bowed, how many comas do we have in this place? The lover of yourself is calling out to you. running away come back come back to me I love you I want to cover you with my righteousness tonight how many gomas do we have out there you have tasted his love but still you slipped away you ran away. In your heart, you are far away. But tonight, he's calling you. Goma. Goma, please. 
call me your master. Call me your husband. I love you. My friends, tonight, if that's you, and you will say to me, with eyes closed and head bowed, no one looking around, and if you will say, son, that's me, pray for me. I need, I need Jesus. I didn't know that the cross, that his passion was all about me. I didn't know that I'm the subject for his passion. I'm the reason for his passion. So please pray for me. I want to know this God that you're talking about. So pray for me. I want to come back to Jesus. I felt so ashamed of myself. That's why I ran away. I was confused. That's why I ran away. But tonight, I want to come back. I want to come back to Him. With eye closed and head bowed when no one is looking around except me. If that's you and you want me to pray for you, can you please put up your hands? Yes, I see that hand. When I see that hand, yes, I see that hand. When I see those hands, yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. Please lift up your hands quickly. And if you say, son, please pray for me. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Just lift up your hands. If that's you, yes, I see that hand all the way at the back. If that's you, I say, son, please pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want to come back to him. Lift up your hands right now. Yes, I see the hand all the way at the back. All the way at the back. Keep lifting it up. I'm waiting for you. Just lift up your hands. If I see your hands, I'll pray for you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Yes, I see that hand at the back. Yes, I see that hand. Friends, if that's you, When I count to three, I want you to just come to the front. I don't want you to be afraid. Because every one of us in City Harvest Church have made that decision before. We walk down this aisle before. And as we walk down this aisle, and as you walk down this aisle, you will never be the same again. The love of Jesus will come and fill your heart. So if that's you, City Harvest, help me. When I count to three, please come to the front. One, two, three. Come to the front right now. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come, just come. We are waiting for you. Come on, City Harvest. Let's encourage our friends. Let's encourage them. We have done that before. That's why our lives are changed. Just come, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. That's right, just come, just come. Just come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for responding to Jesus. I promise you, His love is here to encounter you. Just come. Keep clapping, City Harvest. Let's encourage our friends. Let them know that they are loved. Just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I'm waiting for you, that's right, just keep coming, it's all right. 
Just keep coming. They are still coming. Let's clap. Let's keep clapping. Let's keep clapping. Let's try. 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 Amen. 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 Some more friends coming. Some more friends coming. Just come. Just try. Just come. We're waiting. We're waiting. Amen. 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 Still friends coming. Woo! You are so beautiful. friends coming just keep coming it's fine you to close your eyes right now and just say this prayer after me. Jesus, Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Jesus, tonight, Jesus, tonight, I give my heart to you. I give my heart to you. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to be a disciple. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I ask you come. Jesus, I ask you come. Touch my life. Touch my life. Change me. Change me. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. And tonight. And tonight. I will stop running. I will stop running. I come back to you. I come back to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 So many of you are crying. My heart, it's so overwhelmed because I want you to know that all these tears, it's I know you feel touch, but you have not. What is going to come into your life, you can't even expect it. Jesus is going to change you. 
tonight the counselors are just behind you, next to you. They just want to have a word with you and just take down your particulars so that we can teach you more about God and about the word of God. So I want you to take some time, but the meeting is not over yet. There's another part of the meeting that is very, very important. Tonight, I talk about encountering the love of God, coming into His presence, the intimacy of knowing Him. City Harvest. You want passion? Passion is built on Jesus. Until you know Him, that you know Him, that you know Him, what you have is just excitement. But if you try it tonight, you will encounter Him. It's going to be and no turning back experience for you. So while all our friends are in front and the counselor is talking to them, I just want to spend some time worshipping. I know that it's a far distance from all the way up there. But sometimes, it is that gesture of that one step. That gesture of that little step of saying, Jesus, I want to come to you. So I want us to worship God. And if you want to encounter Him, I believe that tonight His presence is here. I don't want you to go home without being touched by Him in a special way. I know He's here. They're going to touch you in a special way. And I'm going to come down to pray for some of you. But if you want to touch that one touch from heaven that will change your life, then you make that step. Come forward. It doesn't matter if you are standing by the aisle. It doesn't matter if you are squeezed by the steps. Just make that step. Make that step. Come. Come to Jesus. Counselors, please help me. want to encounter God, City Harvest, come to this altar, every one of you. This is not just a meeting for the emerge. It is not a meeting for the youth alone. It is a meeting for the lovers of Jesus. If you want to encounter Him, come, come to the altar, come to Him, come to Him, because I believe, I believe Heaven is going to be open and you're going to be touched by God in such a powerful way that your life will never be the same again. So come, come, come. Give me
thank you so much for staying. It's close to eight, but so many of you stay back just to worship God. It's the desire of the leadership. Day and night, I pray. And I pray. And I pray that God's people this evening thank you so much City Harvest for staying back so many of you my heart is so full thank you thank you bless somebody before you go and those of you that still need prayer, the pastors are in front. We can continue to pray for you, the musicians. If you can help me, just continue to minister to the people for a while more. And the rest of you, you are dismissed. God bless you. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 